Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Hey y'all, it's Alante, and you're listening to Black and in Grad School, the podcast that helps women and people of color like you excel in this journey. If you're listening, I believe you are an aspiring or current scholar who wants to successfully navigate this process by sharing my experience while pursuing my PhD and interviewing other black graduate students or early career professionals. It is my hope that you can glean encouragement, advice, and strategies that you can apply to your journey. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of Black and in Grad School. I'm so happy to have you here. All right, so it's admittedly a bit late at night, but I was committed to getting this episode recorded. And so what I want to talk about today is professional relationships, because I feel like it's February. It's a season of love beyond being Black History Month, of course, but it's a season of love and we're thinking about relationships. But one type of relationship that's so critical to the graduate student and to the community that you build while you're in grad school and for life beyond is the professional community you surround yourself with. So I really want to get into that today and I hope you enjoy. So before we get started, we're going to, as usual, start things with lessons from the trap. And this week I went through (laughs) a couple of songs but I landed on Middle Child by J. Cole. I feel like in general, the entire ethos of this song is all about being in the middle, right? Being big bro and little bro all at the same time. It's like one of my favorite lines in the song. And I think that really reflects the graduate school experience. Like, like we are definitely the big bro to undergraduate students. If you're a master's student, you look at maybe the PhD students even as big bro. And when you're a master student, I definitely can imagine feeling like the middle child between a PhD student and an undergraduate student. But PhD students also are feeling that same middle childness between the master students, the undergraduate students, and then the professors. Like literally when you are in this apprentice phase where you are not exactly big bro, right? Not exactly a professor, but have the training and the skills to to do that, right? The beginning, the foundational skills of that particular field in this profession and this expertise, but like still high key don't know a lot. <laughs> and so that's why I really like this song. And there's a couple of points I want to 
emphasize one being like the first whole like set of bars he's just talking about moving with integrity like you know if i'm killing the rapper on a song it's not for no beef not to sell no sneakers it's not to do anything like that i'm doing it because <laughs> it's deserved or you know like it's for a very legitimate reason um it's not for clout and so i really like this right j cole is talking about how he moves with integrity and when we're thinking about our professional relationships and we're thinking about how we are going to move through our graduate school journey moving with integrity is always key and one line he says in here that i really like just resonated with me is everything grows it's destined to change period like that's always going to happen and we know that I kind of talked about this piece too, right? This whole song, he's speaking to the next generation and also giving thanks to those who came before him and how he learned and created his own style from what already existed. And that's what we're doing as researchers, right? We are creating our own research methodology, our own approach to our work, and we are inspired and we, you know, glean like the basics from and the fundamentals from those who did the work before us, be it our advisor, really, really old people, you know, from back in the day and everyone in between. And yet we also take our special spin on our work, our field, and then are going to influence the next generation and speak to the next generation of researchers that come into our classrooms every day. So I just really vibed with that. I thought it was super, I thought it was just like a an apt song for this particular episode. One, when we think about where we are, graduate students, where we are in this like ecosystem in academia. And then I felt like it kind of also spoke to like industry. And I was like looking for a song that was like kind of meta about industry and the, to be like a parallel to academia, right? So this felt appropriate and I hope you liked it. Okay, so moving right along. Like I said, I wanted to talk about professional relationships today. I think they are such a critical part of our community. And I want to just kind of highlight a couple of reasons in case you're like, eh, professional relationships are important, but like, I'm so busy. I have research to do. I have classes to take. I have students to TA. I have, you know, classes to teach. I have family to take care of at home. I've got, I don't know, you know self-care to do. All of those things are important and so are your professional relationships. And so I just kind of want to almost go to the, to begin with the end in mind of what could come to fruition from spending time within your professional relationships. First, collaboration opportunities. As graduate students and folks who are conducting research, we're always looking for ways to collaborate to spread the load that is these large, daunting, while somehow very narrow, right, in focused research projects, having someone to work with on them and thinking about them is always helpful. And in that same vein as knowledge share, I think about meeting someone at a conference once and sharing that I was really wanting to learn a lot about equity. This is like when I first started my PhD program and I met a professor and he sent me so much research. Like, I think he seemed like a file, like, Hey, this is what I think would be foundational for you to read. And how amazing and helpful was it to have that? Because I didn't have to start all the way from scratch. I could at least know like, this is the body of work in transportation engineering to get me started. And that was like so helpful as I began to build that base of knowledge. 
also think about like being able to have relatable experiences slash nerd chat, right? Like we have to admit it is fun. Okay. Talking to your fellow nerdy friends about your experience. Like that's definitely something I enjoy. I'm not even going to act like I don't. I love when I get to hang out with like my other friends in engineering and public policy or my other engineering friends and we can like nerd out together and like know what the other person is talking about versus you know that sometimes glazed overlook that can happen when talking to someone that's not in the field and like maybe not as deeply knowledgeable as you are when you are a graduate student. Another piece close to last but not end is building your community. You are building your community. And I feel like sometimes when we think about community, we're only thinking about like the people who give you the warm and fuzzies. And while having individuals who give you the warm and fuzzies within your professional space is amazing. Honestly, it sounds good. (laughs) I don't know if I have really come across someone who like legitimately like, well, actually I take that back. There have been like a few individuals I've connected with are like, oh, this is a really good person. I'm so happy that we connected and I like enjoy their conversation. But even if you never, never have that encounter, this is a part of your life, right? Like our professional life is a part of our life. I don't think that it is the whole ever. And I want to like be very clear about that. Like while graduate school is very consuming, it is and can be all consuming What I feel like I've realized once leaving is that it is not everything. It is not my entire life. And so my professional relationships are important and I can acknowledge that they are a part of my life because I need to work to pay my bills, to do the fun stuff that's on the other side of my life, right? The privilege to do work I'm passionate about It's a privilege that allows me to then enjoy my life when I close my laptop and I'm not meeting and I'm enjoying my more personal side of my life. So kind of being able to think about and integrating your professional community into the wholeness of your life. For me, it was like a major shift because I kind of always wanted to keep these things very separate. And while I can acknowledge that there is some separation, realizing like this is a part of my life. It just is, right? (laughs) For better or for worse, we live in a capitalistic system. It's a part of our lives, right? So realizing that your professional relationships are a part of your community might help, you know, if you always feel or are thinking about those relationships in a very transactional way. The last point I wanted to make, which I think is really important to share and share a little bit of my own story, are job opportunities. Like end of the day, We have these relationships for a lot of reasons. I listed some of them, not all. And one that is really helpful, and I'm talking about, right, like our community is helpful in our means to making ends meet to live our lives, is job opportunities. And so even though I will acknowledge I could have done a lot better with nurturing my professional relationships in graduate school, what I can say now is that the few that I did definitely were worthwhile because one of the few relationships I made when I started my PhD program, that person, we kept in touch. I'd see them at conferences. One time they were like, let me know they were in Pittsburgh for a conference and we like met up for coffee. 
we kept in touch and they sent me an email one day like, hey, I heard about this job. Are you interested? I'll connect you with the CEO. That's how I got my job, y'all. That's it. They connected me to the CEO. The CEO was like, wow, I love the work you do, blah, 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 blah. When can you start? And that was it. Relationships are important. They are helpful. And it is what you know, okay? But sometimes who you know can get you through the door and there's nothing wrong with that. So I say all that to say these relationships are important. And what I'm going to share next is how to foster those relationships, right? What do you do to create those relationships so that you have all these different type of opportunities for collaboration, for knowledge share, to nerd out, to build that community and even potentially learn about job opportunities. And so then my main piece of advice here is to put yourself out there. But we live in a different world now, a post-peak pandemic. And so what does that look like? It could be digitally on Twitter, joining like virtual chats and things. I don't know if folks do that. I honestly, I always have tried to do better with Twitter, but it is not my strong suit, but it exists. And I know people who have excelled in Twitter, like literally my advisors, like I think he has like 20,000 followers. And so people are always connecting with him through that, right? Reaching out to him. They're like inbound connections happening. Also virtual programs and communities. I think that's like wildly slept on for building your professional relationship. An example for me, I'm currently in a mentoring program for women in autonomy. And so literally I Googled it, found it, joined, and everything's virtual because it's actually organized by some folks on the West Coast. So they connected me with a mentor. We have monthly meetings. It's like a whole year long program. And it was like from like a 20 minute Google and I'm now a part of that community. And now even when I go to conferences, I actually have connected with folks who are also in WIA. So that's been like really cool. Also do not sleep on LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn is critical. You don't have to do a whole lot there, but do something. Okay. When you get an award, post it on there. When you're at a conference, just say you're at the conference. Literally. People will say, oh, I'm at the conference too. Let's grab coffee. It's wild. I don't know if I'm sharing any new information, but it was due to me as I've attended way more conferences and been way more like my job requires me to continuously build professional relationships. So I'm really sharing, I should have said this before, but I'm really sharing what I learned in the last like year of being outside of academia. But this is critical if you're in academia and I wonder how much further I'd be had I done this five years ago or started this five years ago. So places you can go, well, things you can do, I guess, digitally, LinkedIn, and then joining email lists. Like I've been on some newsletters that I end up meeting the person at an in-person event. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, I've been reading your emails for three years. Like, I think you're amazing. Or I've always thought this, da, 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 da. It's that easy. Like, that's like such a passive way of getting to know someone. If you're on their email list and there's someone who consistently send emails, you can literally learn and understand how they think and figure out your angle for connecting with them. And lastly, which is the one I think we all do is very common, is reading research. You read some research, you reach out to the researcher, tell them their work is amazing, connect with them in that way and build a community around people who are doing work you find really interesting. Now, if you are looking for in-person networking events, you have all of your obvious options. Conferences, academics, we love conferences. That's easy for us. Uh, talks and lectures. So that could be local. It doesn't even have to be at your university. It could be at a neighboring university. 
If there's anything happening that you find interesting, show up, go there, meet people. Departmental coffee chats and happy hours. This has never, this has not been my strong suit. Like the internal professional networking, but it's really critical. And that's how you find out what's going on. That's how you gain institutional knowledge. I actually shared a lot about this in a series I wrote, I did like maybe almost two years ago now, but I'll include it in the show notes. But those are really great places to build like those lateral relationships. So realize that in your cohort, you are literally talking to and connecting with the next generation of thought leaders. And so building those relationships within your cohort are definitely valuable and worth the effort, in addition to connecting with senior faculty as well at those events. I have a little FaceTime with them. Another one that I think especially at least when I was in grad school, like I was not attending was like career fairs. The people there are hiring a duh, you know what I'm saying? Like go there and that way you can connect with folks who are looking for people to hire. That is their job. And to find someone like yourself who's highly skilled, has all the credentials to match, right? With your graduate degree or your pending graduate degree, They might not even be there recruiting for something within your field at that day, but they'll keep you in mind. like, oh, I know this freaking star of an X field. I met them at this career fair. I thought that was a really great place to meet folks. Again, especially to meet folks that are hiring. And lastly, I want to say the alumni association meetings. I have yet to go to an alumni association meeting. But I've heard really good things from individuals in certain cities, like about our alumni association. And so it's definitely on my list as I continue to like get settled in my life post PhD. One little like, it's not even a hack. It's more like wild that this still exists, but you probably think it's not important, but it kind of is like have business cards, especially if you work in a field that leans like older. I... I'm still constantly getting cards. I thought that it was like a joke at first. Like, no way y'all all have cards. Like, no, everyone in my field has cards. And so I have cards. Okay. But, you know, check the vibe. But it doesn't hurt to get a little small deck of cards for even if your field leans younger, the folks that you come in contact with who are older, they want a card. They're not checking their LinkedIn, y'all. But if you meet someone in the middle, right, connect with them on LinkedIn. And honestly, I typically will send you an email and then send you a LinkedIn connection if it feels right and appropriate and not like OD. Lastly is how to nurture these relationships. So you've already thought about, okay, I know that I'm committed to and being intentional about building my professional community. I know that I'm going to put myself out there by engaging in the digital sphere, but also when I can attending in-person events and when I feel comfortable, if and when I can attend personal event, in-person events, I go and I put myself out there. I meet people. I have my business cards if they're appropriate. I exchange them. Okay. It's the next day. It's the evening and I'm back in my hotel room. How do I nurture those relationships? I have two steps, okay? A two-step nurture. First is just following up with a quick note. I try to do that like if it's say a conference, so let's say the conference is three days and it's like 
a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Maybe I'll send it like Friday, but definitely that following Monday. Like definitely by Monday, I want to be in that person's inbox saying it was so nice to meet you. Okay. And it's a quick note. Hey, nice to meet you at X and really was enjoyed learning about why. Hope we can stay in touch or another line. And I don't know about you (laughs) while you're listening, but I have constantly always felt very like nervous about that email for some reason and definitely like overthink it and used to overthink it a lot in graduate school. And so what I've created is a email template called Nurture Your Network. And in Nurture Your Network, it's a template. It's literally like Mad Libs for your subject line, your message to the colleague, the new colleague, and a next step for them. And so that's my second step is create a next step. So if you feel like it's appropriate, the next step might be, hey, I hope we can stay in contact or I hope to see you at the next conference. Or can we set up a quick call and or coffee chat, right? If they're someone who live in your locality, say, let's meet up for a coffee. Coffee is typically easy. I feel like on a good coffee meeting, it goes to an hour, but it should be, you know, 30 minutes to an hour max. And so that's all you need to do to nurture your relationship. And from that first email, maybe they'll say back, oh, I'd love to meet for coffee or actually I know about XYZ opportunity, something like that. You never know what will happen, but if you send the message, that's the first step and that's helpful. And more than likely that person will just at least respond and say, hey, nice to meet you too. So if you decide in that relationship, you want to have a quick call for coffee, you know, in that conversation, when you're talking to them, you want to learn more about them and share what you're working on. I think it doesn't have to be like super pressure. It doesn't need to be super long either. I love a 20 minute like meeting when I'm first getting to know someone just to like understand what they do, what they're focused on, what their priorities are for the next like six months to a year. And if there's something I immediately know where I can offer help within my capacity, do it. That for me typically is an introduction or have they heard about this document or this report or have they read this research? Like those types of things, small but impactful, helpful points when people are sharing what they're working on. That's a way to immediately make yourself valuable is offering help. And I just touched on it, but I want to like emphasize beyond that is becoming a connector. Connectors are, oh, connectors are it, okay? Connectors, everyone remembers the connector, okay? And everyone connects the connector because if people know that you know a lot of folks and that you are able to identify like expertise and organize your your mind or your your network to say oh you should talk to so-and-so and so-and-so people are always going to be reaching out to you and that means your network is always going to be strong and so becoming a connector is the bee's knees in my opinion like always connect 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 when you can and when it's appropriate I think that is just something that I found really helpful in my career and something I'm always a really low stakes way, in my opinion, to be very valuable to the community as I get to know more people and then connecting them to each other and really creating this really strong like interweb of connections. Another opportunity for nurturing your relationship are identifying collaborations or opportunities to big them up. Like if you have some work that you're doing or, you know, there's a 
you're on a planning committee for a lecture or a talk, if it's appropriate, include the folks you know in that list. Like I know so-and-so and they are amazing. Or if it's someone you want to meet, you know, big them up and bring their name into those spaces. So those are also opportunities to create and nurture relationships. I know that's happened for me, like literally more than once I've met someone. And then next thing I know, I'm getting an email from someone like, hey, so-and-so recommended you for this panel. We would love to have you. You know, they say you're such an expert, blah, 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 like literally mind blowing. But it, I remember that. And so when the time comes, I'm going to make sure that I big these people up and put their name in spaces to amplify their work. If the opportunity brings itself to get them paid anything, I'm going to remember those folks. And so if you could be that person on the giving side, that is definitely a way to stand out in those relationships. And the last piece, if appropriate, especially if you met someone maybe at a conference and you all live in different areas, if you're on a work trip or if you are comfortable, right, this is a big caveat. When you're comfortable on your personal trips, letting people know when you'll be in their area. Again, grabbing a coffee in person after you've met virtually, I think is such a nice touch. I think it keeps things a little bit less stuffy. It's like, oh, like we're creating a professional relationship. I think that's awesome. And something that I have done in this first year of my life post-PhD and my career that I think has really helped me to develop strong relationships. It's like, oh, I'm coming in town for this meeting. Would love to like grab coffee with you if you're free. Clutch, easy, and I get coffee. It's a win-win-win. So that wraps up this episode. I hope that as you prepare for the season of love, you can recognize, yes, romantic personal relationships are so important and they matter. And we have another important type of relationship that we have to build within our community for grad school and beyond. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this has been a helpful episode for you. And don't forget, you can grab the Nurture Your Network email template. I will link it below as well as my series on building a community, specifically the section about your cohort. I've got some spicy opinions in there, but I still think it's true. And I really think it's a helpful way to think about that community, building community in that way. So I hope you enjoy. Have a great day, evening, week, whatever, as you're listening. Bye. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Black and in Grad School. For more content to help you on your grad school journey, check out blackandgradschool.com. That's B-L-K-I-N gradschool.com. Love this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Until next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. 
So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.